Okay, everyone, time for some learning. Tonight's class, even though these people did not specifically ask for this dedication, but some really nice people from Germany sent, not the first donation, they've sent already a donation before, in remembrance. This is by Lutz and Bettina Munchberg, if I'm pronouncing it correctly. I'm not sure in the... Uh, the way it's, uh, you know, but this is what it seems like to me, from German Germany. So, they are, they gave the donation in remembrance of their mother and mother-in-law, Bridget, Eleanor, passed away three weeks ago, but they didn't leave me a name, so I don't know her name and her father's name, but Hashem does know who Bridget Eleanor is, and her who her soul is, and may God elevate her soul to the greatest of heights, to the highest, highest of heights, and channel lots of blessing, blessings to you, your family, and all your loved ones, for much good, for much blessings, and for only, only, only good things. From now on, only peace and joy and happy, happy occasions in the family. Thank you so much for the dedication. It's nice sometimes to see impact across the world. I have people that I have never met and still they listen to classes and are inspired and decide to um, join in the endeavor of spreading light in the world. So thank you so much. Um, tonight, let me first say a good chodesh, a blessed new month, the month of ER. And the month of ER is the month of healing. As we all know that ER stands for Aleph Yud Yud Reish is an acronym for the word Ani Hashem Rufecha, that I, God, am your healer. So, um, God should first of all give everybody that needs healing a refuah shalema. The world needs healing. The exile is called the disease. So the world needs healing. So there should be first of all the healing of the entire cosmos. And all of creation should be healed from the exile. And if it takes another few seconds until that, and when that happens, all, that will automatically include all healing for everybody that's ill. If it takes another few seconds until that happens, we shouldn't have to wait in suffering or pain individually. Everybody that needs an individual healing should have their individual healing. This week is also the parsha of healing, because it's Parsha's Tazriya Mitzora, in which the subject matter is about a certain disease that needs to be healed. And it talks about the tikkun of this disease, form of leprosy, not real physical, regular ailment of le leprosy, but the more um, unique kind of leprosy that the Torah is talking about, white blotches appearing on a person's body and how to deal with it, called it saras. So what I would like to do today is share with you some really fascinating mystical ideas about the Mitzorah and his healing, and I think it's very, very connected to the year that we're in right now, and that we're always trying to connect things to the time. Last week I spoke about smashing, the name of last week's title was Smashing the, the Wrath of 5781. There was an element of wrath in the sense that, was, that there is this uh, Pei Aleph, which is what 81 in Hebrew is. Pei Aleph spells the word Af, which Af means wrath. 
And last week I told you that Nadav and Avihu, the two sons of Aaron, their passing was a certain sweetening of the judgments because their name is also 81. And in their passing away, it was an elimination of the wrath of the dinim, of the harsh judgments. And we were also told that this year is going to flip over from, from the judgments to Plo'o to the wonders. I was hoping to see that in the month of Nisan. Seems like, at least not in our complete physical vision, that we haven't seen that completely yet. Hopefully, it is on beyond our vision for sure already accomplished. Let's hope so. But in continuing that theme of sweetening judgments and making this year turn out to be the best year ever, let's try to connect and see that how that plays out in this week's Parsha and particularly in the time that we're in right now, which is this particular time of Sefirah Sa'omer. So first of all, this whole, particular, uh, this whole period of time that we're on between Pesach and Shavuos is a time of healing in the sense, first of all, we know that it's a time of Sefirah Sa'omer. Sefirah Sa'omer is the counting of the Omer in which we work on fixing, doing repair. It's repair time. We're doing repairs in our soul. All well, illness is really a indication of a deficiency or some kind of a blemish within the spiritual makeup of a person's being, which later translates into a physical, a physical de- defect. So during this time in which we do soul repair, that's what it is. It's a form of tshuva. Interesting thing. You know, two, twice a year we do tshuva. We do tshuva in, in, in the month of Tishrei when we have Rosh Hashanah. And then we do tshuva again in, in, um, in Pesach time. The two great holidays. It's only the order is different because on, on, um, in the time of Elul time, we first do tshuva. First it's, it's Elul and then Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. It's, it's a time of deep soul introspection. And after the tshuva, we experience God's love, God's closeness. And that sukkahs and all the great energy of kindness and love that flows in Sukkot. And God embraces us and, and hugs us and kisses us and is intimate with us, the whole holiday of Sukkot. It comes after we do tshuva. Pesach, the order is the opposite in this time of the year. First, God comes to us, doesn't make a difference, we're clean. The love of God at this point, we're like little infants. Even if we're dirty and we have a smelly pamper, God picks us up and he loves us and he hugs us. And it shows us the unbelievable love of Pesach. But immediately afterwards, after we've experienced such closeness and intimacy, we begin to clean ourselves up and to purify. And we do tshuva. Sfirah Omer, even though usually we don't think of it that way, but Sfirah Omer is a process of tshuva. It's interesting that we know spiritually that tshuva is associated with bina. The attribute of bina, that's where tshuva comes from. And um, Bina is associated with the number 50. As we know, the 50 gates of Bina. So the process from Pesach to Shavuos is a form of tshuva that we're doing. See, when the Jews went out of Egypt, they were, they were considered like new children on the one hand, but on the other hand, they had to clean up their garbage. They had 210 years of neglect. I mean, it wasn't their fault. And 210 years of horrible... Um, abuse that they had 
And that abuse caused kind of damage in them. Also, they lived in a very, very corrupt society. And they were corrupted. Other than their faith, they had really nothing else going for them. They were very, very corrupted in their, in their ideology, in their, in their emotional standards. They were, they were messed up. So they needed some kind of a um, therapy session and extreme exercises of purification. And that was, actually the Zohar says that the seven week period between um, Pesach and Shavuos is like a woman going through a purification process before she can be, reuni she can be united with her husband, which happens in our case on Shavuos. On Shavuos, when God gives us the Torah, that represents the deep intimacy between God and Israel. Seven days, seven weeks, are like seven days of a woman who, after her period, which also associated with this week's parsha, these laws are stated in this week's parsha. Um, there is a purification period, seven weeks, seven seven weeks corresponding to the seven days of the woman, because here it's on a national scale, on a cosmic scale. And then once we clean, then we're ready for the, for the, for, for the unity. So we see clearly from this that it's really a process of tshuva. Tshuva is associated with bina. Which as we see, it's a 49-day uh, process. And the 50th, the 50th is, is, the, is the giving of the Torah. Um, so it's a tshuva process. So it's interesting that we also, we know um, during this time, we, we, on Shabbos, we do Pirkei Avos, chapters Ethics of the Fathers, which Ethics of the Fathers is also meant as a form of um, seeing what needs to be rectified in our character. That's what it's all about. It's all about character um, uh, refinement. The, the, all the rest of the Mishnah is all law, law pertaining to, to um, you know, uh, religious law. But Pirkei is not religious law, um, you know, observance of Torah, it's character improvement. So this is the time we work on our character improvement. So that's what we do Pirkei And interesting, in Chumash as well, at least this week's Torah portion, and not just this week's, next week and the week after, we'll see they're all connected to Tshuva. For instance, Tazria Metzora is all about the Tzaras, which the Metzorah, the one who has this leprosy, has to do tshuva. And the whole repair of how he gets through the Kohen, he speaks, uh, it, it, the Torah says the various different um, um, sins that a person does that can bring about the situation of Tzaraz. This is this parasha. The next parasha, Parshas Achremos, is all about Yom Kippur, which Yom Kippur is, again, rectification. That's the main day of tshuva. And you wonder, like, why are we reading now about Yom Kippur? Yom Kippur is like a complete different season. It's six months away. And it's interesting that in a leap year, sometimes even Pesach comes out the week of Parshas Achremos. Always bothers me. Whenever Pesach comes out on Achremos, I always have a hard time, like, you know, synchronizing the energies because it's Pesach. And at the same time, we read the, the, in the Torah the Chumash of Yom, Kippur, of, of Yom Kippur. Like, what's the Pesach and Yom Kippur have to do with it? You have such a different energy. Yet, uh, so that's in a year that Pesach, that's a leap year. This year is not a leap year. But it comes out, we read Achremos during, um, during uh, and then even Emor has to do with, uh, also with um, uh, Mumim, it has to do with uh, certain blemishes, blemishes on body, and again, the Torah points out the various different blemishes, and also Tumah. So these are all things that have to do with rectification. 
So, because this is a period of rectification. It's a period of tshuva. So, um, I'd like to, let's, let's take a look at this process of, of, of uh, tshuva that we do after Pesach and its association with this year, particularly the period of 33 days. Because as I mentioned many times in earlier classes that this year is a year of the threes. This is a, a very significant time in history so opportune for you know, the, the, the ultimate goodness and the ultimate uh, truth to be revealed and the world to move into its next stage, which is the world of Mashiach. Because we completed the tikkun of 3,333 years of Torah and mitzvahs. So we spoke about the significance of number 3333, but the root of it is number 33. And um, the significance of 33 is particularly emphasized during this time that we're in right now, between the beginning of Pesach and Lag Omer, the, the next holiday, we have Pesach Sheni, the small, pe the second Pesach, and then we have Lag Omer. Lag Omer is number thirty-three. So, um, if you recall, I mean, if you've been listening to the earlier classes, we've discussed this. I mentioned I gave a whole class in explaining the significance of number 33 and why it's such a significant number is because 33 is associated with a, a rectification of the judgments. Now, when we speak about judgments, we mean, we mean many things. Judgments can mean the negative, the, all, the, all, you know, all the harsh things that happen in the world. If we're experiencing, God forbid, disease and illness or lack of livelihood or uh, other forms of blockages, whether we're blocked that we can't find our, our soulmate or whether we're spiritually blocked or whether we're stuck in anything. That's all because of the constrictions. So the, when I say judgments, I mean constrictions and, and, and harshness and so on and so forth. Elohim is also associated, um, when we say judgment, it's also associated with God holding back and concealment, which the concealment is the source Godly concealment, which is what exile is all about. So when we say rectifying the judgments, sweetening the judgments on its, to its fullest degree means ending the exile, ending the divine concealment. Doing, and to end the divine concealment, we need to do a rectification in the name of Elohim. A rectification, because Elohim is the name of concealment. Uh, Elohim is the numeric value of the name of Elohim. We don't say Hashem's name. It's really with a, a huh sound, but we don't say that, so I'm substituting the hey for a k. And the name of Elohim is, numeric value of it is 86, which 86 is the numeric value of, also spells the word hateva, which means nature. The world running in such a natural order is what obscures and hides and makes the world look independent and separated from a creator. Mashiach is a world where nature will be completely transparent. It's called the Yichud, the unification of Avayan Elohim. That Elohim is no more obscure, it's no more blocking. Nature is not concealing God. Nature is conveying God and revealing God. So when we spoke that Elohim being a very dense filter, in order to allow for 
the lights of Havaya, of the transcendental, the infinite, the beyond nature, the godly, to reveal itself in the name of Elohim, if we can loosen the filter or, or the screen, thin out the screen, and that's what we do. All of Torah mitzvahs, it's all about, it's a certain Kabbalistic idea of mitok it's sweetening the judgment, and it's softening the filter, it's diminishing the screen, it's making, it's thinning it out more and more and more, or polishing it, or, or thinning it out so there's less concealment. And why is the number 33 so significant in this idea? So we discussed an interesting idea, and it's connected again, of course, to Lag Bomer. So I'm going to use a little bit. Today we're going to do some, some mathematics during the class, so you'll bear with me. Um, the name of Elohim, spelled Aleph, Lamed, and then hey, making a little line over here because I don't want to write God's name out. Just make a separation so I can I can erase it. Okay. So Aleph Lamed Hey Yud Mem. This is Elohim. To sweeten the judgments of the name of Elohim, we once discussed. You roll the letters back. The name of Elohim, the letters of the name of Elohim are rolled back. It means each letter is rolled back to a previous letter. Imagine the letters on like a combination lock where you have a dial, like numbers, one, two, three. And you, you, when you roll the letter back, like in, on the, usually the combination, if you roll the one back, you go, you go back to nine or to zero, one, zero, and then nine, eight, seven, right? So in this case, we roll. When you roll an Aleph back, being that Aleph is the first letter of the Aleph base, you stay with an Aleph. You can't, roll, you can't roll Aleph back. So when Aleph gets rolled back, it stays an Aleph. Um, I, I'm sorry, I might not get the whole, I'm gonna try to maybe move it like this so you can see better. I'm speaking that way to the camera, so I'll do that. You'll be able to see a little bit, I wanna block you. The Lamid we roll back, and you get the letter Chaf. Then we roll back, the hey, and the letter that precedes a hey is dalit. You roll back the yud, and the letter is a tes, because before, before a yud in the Hebrew alphabet is a tes, and you roll back the mem. Now the, the letter that goes bef before a mem, and this is an end mem, because it's in the end of a word. Mem we know is double mem in the olive base. You roll back a mem, you should really get to Lamed, but since it's not a regular Mem, it's an end Mem, so when you roll back the Mem, you stay with a Mem. But the Mem doesn't really change, because since over here it's coming out at the end of a word, again, so it's like you're going to roll it back to a previous Mem, but because it's in the end of the word, it's naturally going to flip back over, and it's going to become again an end Mem, an end Mem. So we're going to end up again with a mem. So no change. The aleph is not changing and the mem isn't changing. And because these two letters are not changing, the change is really taking place in these, in these three letters over here. The lamid, hey, and the yud are switching. But by, by them going rolling back, the filter is less of a filter. 
more godly light is coming through. It's much kinder. It's much gentler now. If there's a harsh decree, it's softer. It's weaker. It's, 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 uh, it's, uh, it's good, let's put it this way. Things are much better. So in that sense, let's do the... These are the letters. Chav, Dalet, Tes are the letters that were exchanged. When you count Chav, Dalet, Tes, Tes is 9, Dalet is 4, is 13, plus Chav is 20. So 20 plus 13 is 33. So this equals 33. That's why 33 is such a significant number in... In, this is what Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, the Lubavitcher Rebbe's father, says. He brings it from Eitz Chaim, from the Arizal. And uh, it's also brought in many mystical svarim, I sort. And the Ruziner talks about it a lot. And the Bnei Yisachar, I think. And it's, it's all over the place. This name of God is the replacement of the name of Elohim. It's called Ach Tedam. Te Ach Te Tam. That's what it is. That's how it's... The name of Hashem, it's, obviously it's not one of the names we're familiar with, but it's an exchange for the name of Elohim, equaling 33. The full word, Achtadam, the, the full word is Gematria 74. Is Gematria 74. That means if you add to the 33, 41. 33 plus Aleph and Mem is 41, 74. So the regular name of Elohim the numeric value is 86. This is 12 digits less, 12 numbers less, because you, you went down, you reduced 10 before the ches, and one from the dollar and one from the test, 12. So 86 minus 12, 74 is the whole name. Okay? I might, uh, okay, I'm going to leave that one after, maybe I'll add it earlier. This equals 74. So here's an interesting thing. When Yaakov was uh, being chased by Lavan, you know, the story in, the, in Genesis when Jacob is running away from his father-in-law, they come to a place and there's a confrontation and then they build a, a they put, and then they make a, a, an agreement they're not going to harm each other. They come to a ceasefire, to some kind of a, um, to some kind of a truce. And they build this, um, this little pile, a, a partition to separate between, and as a sign, it was going to be a monument. The place was called the Gal Eid. Lavan called it Yegar Sahudasa. I forgot whatever that means. And Yaakov called it the Gal Eid. And he explained, Gal Eid, Eid Hagalazet. This pile of stone should be witness, should bear testimony. Aid means witness. Hagalazet. So in the Kabbalistic writings, they say that in that word, Gal Eid, is the secret of this, of this mituk, of this sweetening of the judgments. Because the entire Achtadam is 74, which is the word aid. That's the entire um, um, word. But the main letters that have been switched is the three middle letters, and that equals 33. So that's gal, gal is 33, and aid. 
And they say over there is the secret of Lagba Omer. So we stop for a minute with the 74, just Lagba Omer, we know it's the 33 day. And what does the 33 days of Lagba Omer have to do with sweetening of judgments? Because we know that the students of Rabbi Akiva were, did, were, didn't honor each other, and because of that there was a plague, which is important to talk about now, because the world is still under the, the, the situation of the plague that's here, of the COVID situation. And then the plague stopped. It came to an end on that day on Lagba Omer. You see an idea of sweetening of the judgments. The decree was annulled. And we spoke about this in an earlier shir. On that very day of Lagba Omer, another significance is Reb Shimon Bar Yochai passes away. And on the day of his passing away, he revealed the biggest secrets of the Torah. So what happened on the day of Gal of 33? What happened on the day of 33 is that there is, number one, a harsh decree was removed, which is the idea of sweetening the judgments. And also the other concept of sweetening judgments, which is really the same thing, is that there is less filter and more revelation. And that's the whole celebration of Lagba Omer because we have such... It, the, the, the hidden part of the Torah is revealed. Gal, revelation. So this year, which is the year of 33, and the year is also Pei Aleph, which Pei Aleph represents the word Af, which Af means wrath. So we want to make sure to sweeten the wrath. So these 33 days are very significant days in this rectification, in this healing process. Now, here's a really cool idea that we're giving this year on Rosh Chodesh, on Rosh Chodesh, and tomorrow morning we're going to say Hallel. I'm going to try to have it um, actually um, YouTubed over here, YouTube Live, Facebook Live, for those of you who are listening. We have Rosh Chodesh, a very special Hallel, we singing, we usually have music and guitars, but we can't do it because it's Svirat Omer, so you can't have guitars, but it'll just be a nice halal here tomorrow morning. And you'll see an amazing idea about the sweetening of the judgments associated with the saying of the halal. Um, connected to what we're talking about over here. So um, here's the problem. The problem over here is that we sweeten the judgments, but we didn't sweeten all the judgments. There's some judgments that is still, that is still left. Why? Because remember we said the Aleph and the Mem have not been dialed back. We know there are five Gevurot, five powers of Gevura associated with the five fingers of the left hand. Chamisha Gevurais, five Gevurais. I'm not going to go into the idea of why five Gevurais, but that's what it is. That's the number of Gevura, five Gevuras. There's five powers of Chesed as well, but there's five powers of Gevura. We have to, and each one of the Gevur is associated with one of the letters of the name of Elohim. We sweetened three of them, but we didn't sweeten the first and the last. Number one and number five. So, because you can't sweeten them through rolling back the letters. So what happens to them? So they have a different way of sweetening. The, the, the inside letters of the name Elohim are sweetened by them going back to their source. 
That's called Hamtakas Hagvurois Pesharishon. It's going to be a little bit of a mystical class today, but that's fine. It's preparation for Lagba Omer, the time of secrets. So it's called in, in Kabbalah, it's called writing, it's called there's two ways of fixing when something is too, if something is bitter, there's two ways to, to change it. One of them is to get to the root of the bitterness and to fix it in its source. Because its source, there's no, there's no bad coming down from God. The intentions are always good. If you can reconnect to the intentions, then there's no darkness. It's only sometimes when things move away from the source and they go farther away, it can somehow get misconstrued. The communication is lost somewhere on the way and it comes to the recipient as something harsh. But if you can get back and call the person and get back to the initial, <laughs> to the beginning, you find that the person didn't mean bad, it wasn't a very bad intention, it meant something completely else, something else completely, right? <coughs> so um, that's the idea of sweetening things in the judgment. This process is what we do with these letters. We roll them back, means we're bringing it back to its source. But there's another way of sweetening judgments. If you have a bitter coffee, you add sugar. That means you bring kindness into the, the water is too hot, you add cold water, so you make it less hot. It's too bitter, you add sweetness. You put in honey, you put in sugar, and that sweetens the judgments. So whatever is, has not been sweetened through the process of returning it to its source can get sweetened through introducing kindness and you put kindness into the bitterness and there's no bitter taste left. The whole thing becomes sweet. So where do we find that idea? We find that in the other season of the year that I had spoken about earlier, the season of tshuva, the other polar part of the year, on, um, what was that, um, Tishrei time, um, Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and that is that we first do tshuva, and during the process of tshuva, we are actually returning back to the source of judgment. And when we go back to the source of judgment, we re the judgments are sweetened. So we're going to see soon how that works. But we do tshuva, and tshuva is a return. It's the sweetening of the judgments of these three letters um, that happen during Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, the ten days of repentance. The second half, but then the second part of Tishrei, starting immediately after Yom Kippur, and we go into the four days to Sukkot, and then Sukkot itself, is the time of drawing down the chesed energy, the kindness. That's what the Sukkot is, it's the love, it's the pouring of the water, which is water, is kindness. The whole Yom Tiv is one of joy, of happiness, and all that. It's all the flow of kind energy. And that completely eliminates all judgments and all negative decree and all negativity Anything sour left over between God and Israel and between Hashem and the world is eliminated. And that takes care of the Aleph and the Mem. The Aleph and the Mem can't be, can't be rectified in their source. Instead, we overwhelm them with kindness and that's how they're sweetened. And we'll soon see amazingly how that's done. But that's, you see that there is a process that's not through tshuva, that's true just increasing the love. Now, all Gevura, now let's, let's move it to an, uh, uh, um, um, 
one to another. Now, just like it is, we'll see, at that period of time, which is Tishrei, which has these two energies to it, the same two energies can also be applied to the period of time which we are in now, which is the, the Pesach, the Pesach Tol Shavuos experience, which is also a process of tshuva. It's also a process of sweetening the judgments, like we just discussed on the 33 days, which is a sweetening of the judgments. And really the entire Sphira Omer is a process of tshuva. But there is also the element of introducing the, the, the chesed and the kindness. So let's first go back to the other part of the year, which is in Tishrei, and see how it works over there and then see how it works now. So in Tishrei we said that the tshuva is a process of, what's tshuva? Tshuva is in the person. It's returning to your source. It's we ourselves become disconnected from ourselves. There is a lack of communication of our inner being, of our soul, of our inner existence, of who our true identity is. Our true identity is that we are godly, a piece of God from above, here to shine divine light in the world. And sometimes when the soul has to communicate itself and translate its en energy in the body, something gets lost in the communication, in the translation. And we identify ourselves completely differently. And as a result of that, we mess up and we, you know, there's the poor self-image and there is the poor performance and the involvement and all kinds of stuff that we shouldn't get involved. So the process of tshuva, tshuva means to return. And that's why tshuva is also called healing. Sages say that tshuva, tshuva is great, that it brings refuah to the world, it brings healing to the world. And there's a pasuk that says, that a person should do tshuva v'shav, and he will do tshuva, v'raf eloi, and, and he will bring healing to himself. It says, v'lovava yavin, his heart will understand, v'shav, I forgot where the verse is coming from, but it says, v'lovava yavin, his heart will understand, v'shav, and he will do tshuva, v'raf eloi, and he will bring healing to him. So the healing is the sweetening of the judgments that are taking place. Now we're, in this very verse, which I just mentioned, it says, Olavava Yav in his heart will understand, is giving you where, it's actually addressing the idea of where we are returning to in this process of tshuva. So mystically, the process of tshuva, as I mentioned earlier, is associated with bina. Bina is where tshuva is. Because if there is the right bina, the right understanding, as we say in the Pasuk, ulavava yavin, the heart needs to understand, vishav, and you do tshuva v'rafaloi, and there's healing. So bina is the source of tshuva. Bina liba, bina is the heart, and the heart, the process of returning to God with all one's heart. That process that, that, oh, that, you see Yom Kippur, for instance, which is the primary day of tshuva. We know that on Yom Kippur, which is the primary day of tshuva, when we daven, first of all, the first, the main prayer of Yom Kippur is the prayer of Kol Nidre, the first prayer. The whole Yom Kippur opens up. Everybody knows you come to shul 
And the Chazan begins with Kol Nidre. And Kol Nidre, the word Kol, which is the first word of Yom Kippur that sends like shudders down everybody's spine, Kol is 50. Kof and Lamed is 50. And we know Bina is associated with 50. So we open up the Yom Kippur service immediately going into Bina energy, which is true. The Rebbe's father also says that if you go even back, Kol is not really the first word of Yom Kippur prayer. That's what the, you know, that's when we refer to the prayer as called Kol Nidre. But the actual sentence that says first is Oyer Zaru Tzadik. Light that is planted for the tzaddik, uli yishrei leiv, and to the straight heart, those that have a straight heart, simcha joy. So the first letter of the Yom Kippur service is an aleph from the word oyer, oyer zarua, aleph. Then we go through the entire day of Yom Kippur, and we do the five prayers, and then in the Yom Kippur, at the conclusion of Yom Kippur, we all cry out together after everything. The last words we say before we actually start the evening service, which is already after Yom Kippur, is Lishana Haba. We cry out next year, Yerushalayim in Jerusalem. The word, so the last word we say is Yerushalayim, which the last letter of Yerushalayim is the letter Mem. So the entire Yom Kippur service is sandwiched between the Aleph of Oyer and the Mem of Yerushalayim. Which if you take those two letters together, you get the word Aim, which means mother. Aim, Aleph, Mem. And we know Binas called mother. Chachmas called father, Binas called mother. So on, on Yom Kippur, we go, sometimes it says it's the... It's the um, it's the analogy of a child that's scared of the father, a little little toddler, and he goes and he hides under his mother's apron. So, you know, God appears as the great Avinu, father, Malkeinu, a king, and we run to Bina. Now, Bina is also God, but the manifestation of God where we find that, that protection of tshuva, which we do tshuva Yom Kippur, we're hiding under our mom's apron. The entire prayer of Yom Kippur, aim our mother. So the whole process of, of tshuva is a process, as we said, of bina, which is, and therefore, just like it is in Yom Kippur, I'm sorry, yeah, in Tishrei, which is Yom Kippur, same as also this period of Pesach time, which we have 50 days of counting, 50 days of tshuva, it's all a process of bina, which that process of Bina is the pro and again, this tshuva process is all about fixing things by going up to our, to going into the source. Now let's explain something. All gavura comes from, the source of gavura is Bina. Minei dinen mina dinen mis'arin. It's a in Zohar. From Bina is where the Gavura begins. Because Bina is the source of constriction. Those that have been, learn a little Hasidus know, Chachma is a very 
flowing energy, an energy that flows, it comes as a powerful point, but it really has the ability to flow in all directions. It doesn't have any, any definitions. Bina is already here to grasp and understand and therefore define and define things. So that's by borders and boundaries. Organization. And organization is an exercise of discipline. And discipline is constriction. It's limitations, definitions, setting everything in its proper container. Bina is the source of vessels. Chachm is the source of lights. And containers and vessels is really the power of to limit and to constrict. It doesn't have any, nothing bad about that. But eventually too much constriction leads to harsh gevura. So Bina is, this, is, is gevura. But the gevura as it is in Bina is not harsh gevura. It's not negative gevura. It's good gevura. So when we mentioned earlier about lifting things up to their source, to sweeten judgments in their source, it means bringing things up to Bina, and when things go up into Bina, it's sweet, because over there there's no harsh judgments. The judgments are good. It's only when the judgments evolve lower into the next stage, it's called Ze'er Anpin, the small, the small face, which are the six emotions, over there the Gevura can be a little harsher, and eventually where the Gevuras get very intense, is when they come down into Malchut, the lowest of the attributes, over there it can be Gevuras Kashas, it can be very harsh Gevuras. So you want to lift the Gevura up to its source, which is in Bina. That's why there is a Pasuk that says, when we spoke about um, about healing, we said, Veshav V'rafa Loi, if you, Velovava Yavin, we will go up into Bina. Veshav, you will do Tshuva into Bina. V'rafaloi, and you'll be healed. So Bina is Tshuva, it's also healing. So in the same Rafua, which means healing, which again, associated with the month of Ear, because Ear is the month of, of, the only month that's entirely in Sfirat Omer, in the counting of the Omer, is the month of Ear which is the month of Sphira Sa'oma, which Sphira Sa'oma is part of this rectification, which is Tshuva, and that's why it's also the month of healing. So the Pasuk says, Mi yir pelach, who will heal you? It's, it's, simply, it's a harsh Pasuk, it's an Echa, I think, where it speaks about all the, it's in lament, uh, Lamentations speaks about all the suffering of Israel. And it says, who can heal you? Me, Yerpelach, who can heal you? You're so wounded, who can heal you? You're beyond hope, God forbid. But sometimes we don't realize where to put the comma. Not me, Yerpelach, who will heal you, but me, Yerpelach, me will heal you. Because all healing comes from Bina. As we're saying now. Because healing means to get to the source of where the problem is, and fix it in its source. And that's in Bina. So me, Yir Palach, me will heal you. Now, taking it back to this period of time, the time of Sphira Sa'omer, which is 50 days, me, I told you in a class earlier this year, this is such a phenomenal idea, 
the month of Iyar, not this year, this year only the tail end of the month, the, the end of the month of Iyar, but usually the month of Iyar falls out in May. And the Oy of Yisrael, the Apterov, says that May, in Hebrew, is my Mem Yud, which is 50. Because he says the month of Iyar is the month of healing. Ani Hashem Rofecha. And where does healing come from? From Bina. And Bina is called me, Mem Yud. And from me is Yerpalach. That's where the healing comes from. So May is the month of healing. Now in Bina itself, we said before that really the harshness starts in Bina. Gavura starts in Bina. But we're also saying that from Bina comes all healing and all loosening of the Gavura. So simply, as I explained earlier, it's because when you go back to the initial Gavura, there's no bad intention. It's only good. It's only later. In the, but after everything is said and done, since it's the source of eventually what can evolve into Gavura, so even if you come back to the source, it can evolve again into, in, into a miscommunication. So you're coming back and you're, 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 just, going, you're just going to circles. Because even if you bring things up back to that place, that's where it initially came from, and then it got messed up somewhere on the, on the way down. So if you're going to bring it back up to its source, and it's going to... So you have to say that when you're doing tshuva, you're lodging yourself not back to your source, but you're going deeper than the source. In other words, the gavura starts in bina, but you're going beyond bina. But we said the healing is in bina. So in bina itself, there's the lower part of bina, and there's the higher part of bina. We're going to learn about this on the Thursday night share as well this week in the class called The Birthing of Mashiach, Bezrat Hashem. We're going to learn about it. The lower part of Bina is called Ema, where Bina is a mother for the emotions. And on that level of Bina, there is, there is judgment because it's the source of the emotions and so on and so forth. But the higher level of Bina, Bina is called, Bina is called me. And in the higher element of Bina, where Bina is called me, over there is, the, is where all Rafua come from. We say, me yir palach, me heals you. Well, this will understand another Pasuk. The Pasuk says like this, who is going to simply it means who can speak? Who can speak? The harshness, the or I'm sorry, the power of God. Who can speak? That can um, make her be heard all of his praises. Who can do that? No one. The psalmist is wondering, So me means who can verbalize all of God's power. The same verse understood Kabbalistically, mystically. Me, which is Bina, as we spoke earlier, where there is no judgment, but higher than judgments. 
is what Yemalel means, it softens. Milo means when you take something and you rub it and you, you take off the peels of it and you, you, you make it softer. When you rub something, it gets softer. The Gevurais of God is very harsh. The power of harshness, the judgments can sometimes be just really, really rigid, very, very tough. They need massaging. Yamala means who can massage it? Who can weaken it, sweeten it, make it less? Gevurais Hashem, the Gevurais of Hashem. So where does that Yamalel come from, the sweetening of the judgment? Me softens the judgment. However, why is it only softening? Not eliminating. Because when you're doing tshuva, when you're... The process of returning to the source only works on the three, the three inside letters. As we said before, the Elohim does tshuva, goes back. It only flips the inside letters, which are number 33. The Aleph and the Mem of Elohim remain rigid and unfixed. So we need to do a tikkun, not just in this, we need to do a tikkun and a fixing in the Aleph and the Mem as well. For that we have the second half of the verse. Yashmiya makes, in order to completely eliminate all harshness, Yashmiya, you need to make be heard called Tehilasai all of his praises. Which we'll see soon means you have to say Hallel. This will give us a whole new enjoyment and a whole new meaning in saying Hallel Rosh Chodesh. And every time we say Hallel, it literally sweetens all the judgments because it introduces the chesadim, the chesed energy. Hallel is revelation. We'll soon see in a moment, because you're praising God, you're revealing the kindness. It's bringing in the massive flow of kind energy. And anything that has not been fixed in the process of tshuva, because tshuva can heal, but if there's anything that has not yet reached complete, complete uh, sweetening, the halal comes and sweetens it. And that's the second half of the month of Tishrei. The halal that we say, and also the shaking of the lulav and the yasrig and the sukkah, it's all part of the process of channeling down the chesed energy, the love. Yashmiya kol tihilosai. So me, Yamal el Hashem, is the beginning of the removal of the judgments by sweetening the inner letters of the name of Elohim. And that's number 33. I mean, again, again, as changing the Lamed Hey Yud to Chav Daletes, which Chav Daletes is 33. But again, it doesn't take care of everything. You need the second half, Yashmi, and that's why in the first half it doesn't say, It just says, Who will sweeten a soften or massage? Gevurais, some of the Gevurais, not all of them. Yashmiya, you need to make be heard, all of his praise. Now we'll soon see how that works. But bear with me. By the way, I want to say, not I want to say, I'm, I'm just telling you thoughts of Rebbe Levi Yitzchak, the Rebbe's father. But I'm going to say, I'm going to say, I want, I'm going to say it now. There is a Pasuk that says, 
Hatsari ain begilad? Is there no, I think it's also one of the psukim uh, in either in Isaiah, in Ishaya, Yeshaya, or it's a pasuk in Echa. You know what? Let me do a Google search. Google is my favorite rabbi. It knows everything. Hold on. Give me one second. Where the Pasuk? Hatsari in Begilad is. Hatsari in Begilad. It's a Pasuk in, 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 in yeah, we say it in, in the Aftorah, I think, of Tishabav. In Jeremiah, in Yermio Ches, verse uh, Perek Ches, Hatsari ein begilod, im roife ein sham. Is there no healer over there? So they used to use tsari. Tsari was a certain herb. They use it in the Ketores, and it was a medicinal herb. So the, the, the Navi is asking, the prophet is asking, is there no, you can't you get this medicinal um, uh, herb anymore in Gilad? So why, is there no doctor there? What's the deeper meaning? Healing, we said before, is a process of tshuva, which tshuva does what? It sweetens the judgments of the name of Elukim. When you sweeten the judgments of the name of the Elukim, what do you get? The name Achtadam, and that sweetens the judgments. So the Yermiyahu Anavi, Jeremiah is wondering, He's saying, Atsari ain't begilod gal. The word gilod, remember, Achtadam, the whole name of sweetening the judgment is 74, which is the word od, ayin dalid, 74. And the main tikkun is in the inside letters, gal. And that's the significance. There is a city called Gilad. The main significance of that city is the sweetening of the judgments. Of the full word is Ayandal at 74, and the individual word of the individual part of the main tikkun through tshuva is the 33, the gal. We also find the harsh judgments, the main harsh judgments of God is in Malchus. Remember we spoke earlier? Malchus has, and her main judgments is, the, is blood. That's the idea of menstruation by a woman. It's, it's a a physical woman down here in this world is a just a some kind of a, a you know metaphor or or just a derivative, if you can say, of the Shekhinah. That's the spiritual or the divine woman. And the idea of menstruation is harsh judgments that flow from her. And these are the extreme negative judgments that there is. That's why women are very moody also when they're because there is this such a very judging time. We find that the blood of a woman after she gives birth, that's the beginning of Parshas Tazria, the opening mitzvah, for 33 days her blood is not impure. Usually it's impure, but for 33 days after birth her blood is not impure. 33. Because 33 is the sweetening of the judgments even of the, the woman's blood, which is the, the flow of, of Gevura coming from Malchus, even that is not tame because the sweetening of the judgments is so powerful through the number 33. Now, why is there so much judgments <laughs> to begin with? 
We say every year Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Sukkot, we need to go through a whole process of sweetening the judgments, and then we have to take two types of sweetening, through tshuva, and another type of sweetening through uh, bringing down the chesed, which is done. Why so much need of sweetening the judgments? So the answer is that every Rosh Hashanah time, when God judges the world, it is evoked three powers of Elohim. Okay, we're going to go deeper and deeper into a whole bunch of mystical concepts here. But you're soon, soon going to see how it's all going to come like, whoa, it's going to pop open, especially relating to our parsha. But it's really cool stuff. There is three names of Elohim that are three judgments, three levels of judgments that are, that are agitated, so to speak, provoked Rosh Hashanah time. And we need to soften them. The whole power, mystically, the whole power of the shofar and all this, it's all about sweetening of judgments. So there's three powers of Elohim. Why three? Because Gevura exists on three levels. One level Gevura exists on is the Gevura of Malchus. Malchus is filled with Gevura. Her main structure is Gevura. The glory of your kingdom. They speak. They say. The words, um, so you see, Malchus is structured primarily because a king has to, to set his kingship has to have law and order. So there's a lot of judgment in, 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 royal, in, in kingship. Another level of Gevura is in the Ze'erampin, in the six emotions. There is Chesed Gevura. We just finished in Sfirat Omer the week of Gevura. Now we're in the week of Teferis, but tonight actually is the, the Gevura element of Teferis. So there is Gevura in the Ze'erampin. As I said earlier, there's three levels. And then there is Gevura in Bina. So three main levels, and that's why there's three times the name Elohim. Elohim, Elohim, and Elohim. We once spoke, and we, we shared this, three times Elohim, which is, Elohim is the numeric value of 86. Three times 86 is the Gamatria Goron. Goron, which means the neck. The narrowest part of the person is by the neck. This is the idea of Mitzrayim. Meitzar, the constrictions. Egypt was a constriction coming from the three names of Elohim. Let's see what Garon is, Gematria. Resh is 200. Nun is 50, so it's 250. 259. And, and three times Elohim is 258. So Gematrias can, can be off by one number. So, Garon is Gematria three times Elohim. Meitzah. So you see the concept many times that the power of three Elohims. So, but why? Because positive commandments are the root of positive commandments. I think what he says, I, 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 I hope I'm not mistaking. I'm saying you what the Rebbe's father says. So positive commandments are rooted in malchut, in kingship. Prohibitive commandments are rooted in the ze'er anpin, which is 
higher, or the opposite, the prohibitive commandments of Malchus and the positive commandments. I, I don't recall right now, I don't have the book in front of me. And Torah is rooted in Bina. That's its source. When Jews are, when we are, as a result of our negligence in positive commandments, and God forbid violation of prohibitive commandments, and a lack of Torah study, there is a blemish in the three Elohims, on these three levels. And that's why it, it I'm sorry, it, it evokes judgment from the three Elohims in which there has been some kind of a negligence or a lack of adherence. So therefore, the fixing that needs to take place, this fixing that needs to take place is in all three Elohims. So it's not just in the name of Elohim, but it's in three times the name of Elohim. In each place, there needs to be a fixing. Let's go back to the Pasuk that we spoke about healing that comes through tshuva. It says, Ulevava Yavin, his heart will understand. Vishav, and he will do tshuva. Virafaloi, and he will be healed. So the Rebbe's father is now addressing the two words, Virafa Loi, he will be healed. He asks, it should have said, Venirpa. And he, nirpa means and he and he and he will be healed. What's the Lushan? Virafa. It's an interesting word. It should be a better word, the more correct grammatically would be Vidovava Yavin, Vishav, Venirpaloi. And he and, and, and he will be healed. Virafaloi. So he says, no, Virafa doesn't mean so much just healing. It means from the word Rafa comes from the word loose. He will loosen. What does it mean loosing? Loosen means softening. The gavur is very harsh. It's softening. Why? Because you're taking the word Elohim, <coughs> which is, as we said earlier, 86. And you're causing, you know, the, 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 the rigidity of it to loosen up by, you're not completely eliminating it, you're just rolling it back. So the lamad becomes a chaf, the he becomes a dalit, and the yud becomes a tes. So... The, the, the judgments are getting a little softer and it's not so rigid. It's like, you know, sometimes you get someone very angry at you, you kind of softened it a little bit. They're still upset and they're still harsh, but it, it's, a little, it's a little easier, right? So that's the softening. That's why the word's rough. But how do you sweeten it? You sweeten it by reducing it with 12 digits. Remember we said? This is 86 and this is 74. Let me write it. Here's the gematria of... Elohim regularly is 86. Now that when you change these letters, you went down from 86 to 74, it's minus 12. Now watch this. Since you do that three times, because there's three Elohims that need this mituk, there's three times Elohim that needs to be reduced and, 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 and weaken the judgments. So it's three times 12 that you're taking off in this process of the, of, of, of the sweetening of the judgments. 12 times 3 is 36. That's why the Pasuk says, Ulevava Yavin, his heart will understand. Vishavin, he does tshuva. Tshuva helps the letters roll back. And all three Elohims, Virafa, and you're weakening the intensity. Virafa means from the word rifyon, loose. 
you're loosening the rigidity of these of the of the um, you're loosening the rigidity of the of the judgments. Loi verafa loi loi is to him loi is thirty six because three times twelve is thirty six. Interesting idea. Okay. But as we said earlier, the, the 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 weakening of it is only in the in the inside letters. You're left with these outside letters, Aleph and Mem, which have not been yet massaged. It hasn't been loosened. And you can't massage it by rolling it back. So what do you gotta do? You gotta overwhelm them with kindness. For that comes the second half of Tishrei with all the Yom and Tavim. But primarily, what does the Pasuk say? Mi amalel gevurai sashem. Mi, bina, which is the process of tshuva. Yamalel is going to soften. Gevurai sashem, the gevura of, 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 of the harsh gevuras of God, of the name of Elohim. But you have to soften. Whatever cannot be softened, yashmiya kol tulasai, you should make be heard all of his praise, and that is by saying halal. Now watch this. Why is the saying of Hallel so powerful? Because he says Hallel is primarily, first of all, the word Hallel means to praise. And praise in Hebrew means another meaning, to cause to shine forth. Um, when one of the meanings of the word Hallel, it says in Hasidus, is from the word Behiloi Neiroi, when he illuminates his light. So to shine forth is called, is, is, is a, is, hal, is related to the word halel. Because when you praise someone, one of the things you get when you praise someone is when you, like, actually it's related to Lagba Omer, it's a day that we praise Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. It's very interesting because we usually say we praise God, we shouldn't praise. Here we praise the tzaddik, praise, praise, no. Because it says in, 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 in Hasidus, Rabbi Shimon Bayachai was so much higher than the rest of the people that he would generally remain to himself. He wouldn't teach. He would be completely secluded in his, in his transcendental place. In order to bring him down from his transcendence you have to, and to cause him to shine, to illuminate, you stimulate that through praise. It's actually the reason we praise God. is by pra- One of the reasons is by praising him, we stimulate that that power to, to, from, from potential into activation, for it to emerge outward. It's like when you want someone to sing and they're not, you know, they're shy, they're whatever. So you go and you speak about what an amazing talent they have in singing and that will evoke that they should get up there in the microphone and do a piece of chazanis, you know, do a cantorial piece or something like that. Or when you, you want someone to speak or whatever, so you speak about how good speaker they are or how they sing or what kind of amazing artist or what kind of amazing dancer they are or whatever it is. So all of this brings forth their talent, causes it to shine. Halel is all about shining. Shining what? Shining the kindness of God. Now we know, in particular, which kindness do we want to shine? So just like we said before, the harshness, the gavura, originates in bina. Bina is the source of gavura. The source of chesed, of kindness, is in the right side, is in chachma. 
So if you want to cause an illumination, we want to illuminate the lights of Chachma. Because remember we said before, Bina is what sets boundaries and definitions for everything. Chachma is the opposite. Chachma is fluid. Chachma has no boundaries. It's just a point. And a powerful point that can be diffused and be flow into everywhere. So Chachma is the source of chesed, of kindness. Halel is particularly targeting the energy of Chachma and causing Chachma to flow. That's why the opening word in Hallel is Halleluka. Halleluka, the name Hallelu, praise Ka. It's made up of two words. Hallelu, praise Ka. The name Ka, the Zohar says, you know, every name of God is related to another sphere. So we know that God's, Hashem has a name, Yud K Vav K, the tetragrammat in four letters. But sometimes there is a name of God that's independent, just the first two letters. Yud and He itself is a name. The name of Ka is associated with Chachma. Because even though Ka is Yud, Yud is usually Chachma. It's also He. But since we know that the Yud is the source of the He, because what's a He? It's just an ex extended Yud. You take the dot of the Yud and you pull it this way and you pull it this way down, you have the He. It's the space that comes from the point. So therefore Chachma includes in it Bina, so that's why Chachma itself is called Ka, the name of Ka. Hallelujah, We're praising and we're drawing forth and we're illuminating Ka. So when you illuminate Chachma, you're bringing down the lights of kindness and that sweetens the judgments that were not sweetened in the the, that were not sweetened through elevating the judgments to their source. As we said earlier, only some of the judgments are, are, are sweetened by that. The rest of it are sweetened by the flow of kindness. That's the reason why the word hallelujah, now we're going to erase over here for a minute. Okay, so I'm erasing the achtadam. I think everybody got this. I'm going to erase this. And we're going to write another word over here. And that is ha le lu Making a little line over here because I don't want to write God's name. Okay, here we go. Let's do the gematria of this. The name Hallelujah. Hey is five. Lamed is 30. Lamed is another 30. And Vav is six. Yud is 10. And Hey is five. So we add it all up. 30, uh, this is already 65. 30 and 30 is 60 plus five, 65. Let's add the 10 already, that's 75. 80 with the five on the bottom plus the six, 86. So hallelujah is the exact numeric value of the name of Elohim because it comes to counterbalance to Elohim. Because it's Elohim and this harshness, judgment, to sweeten the judgments of the name of Elohim, what do we do? We say hallelujah, we bring in from the other flow. 
and the flow of kindness, the flow of chesed, and the flow of chachma will counter the Elohim, the 86, of the harshness of coming from Bina, coming from the left side. Now, this, however, is sweetening the entire, all five letters of the name Elohim. Now, the middle ones were already sweetened already, as we said before, by turning, by doing tshuva. But whatever was not sweetened is sweetened by this. And how do you see this? Because hallelujah is the numeric value of the entire name of Elohim. Right? Including the Mem and the Aleph. 86, 86. More specifically, more specifically, the two letters that were not sweetened through the tshuva process, through the 33, the tshuva process, were the Aleph and the Mem. We said, this we fixed already. But the Aleph and the Mem were not. That's 41. Now, how many Elohims did we say we need to, we need to sweeten? How many Elohims are necessary now to be sweetened? Three Elohims that we spoke earlier, because there's Elohim and Malchus, there's Elohim and there's Eranpin, and there's Elohim and Bina. Three tires, tiers of Elohim. In each one of them, we have two letters that need sweetening. 41 times 3. 41 times 3 is 123. 40 times 3 is 120. And then, four and then was it four? And 1 times 3 is 3. It's 123. So watch this amazing thing. The Talmud tells us, it's a Jerusalem Talmud. In Jerusalem Talmud it says, that the way they used to say halal, we don't say halal that way today. The way they used to say halal in shul was that the people didn't say halal. The, only the chazan would say halal. He would actually say all the verses of Hallel. The people would answer back in a chorus the word Hallelujah. He would say Hallelujah, or they would all say Hallelujah, and they would say Hallelujah Avdei Hashem, and they would all answer Hallelujah. Hallelujah Avdei Hashem, Yehishem Hashem Mevorach. Everybody would say Hallelujah. Everybody would answer after every verse. I'm not sure if they did every verse or, they, or, or like half of verses. I'm not exactly sure because I didn't count. But that's the way they would do halal. Everybody would keep on saying hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. The whole hallelujah was a bunch of hallelujahs. And the Talmud says, how many hallelujahs are there if you do halal that way that the people all respond? 123. So you see clearly that there's 123 times hallelujah. So the Rebbe's father says, Rebbe Yitzhak, why is there 123 hallelujahs? Because hallelujah is 86, corresponding to Elohim, which is 86. Now, the Lamed Hey Yud, you can fix through tshuva. That's already taken care of. But the Aleph and the Mem, which is Gematria 41, is not fixed. 41 times 3, because it's 3 times Elohim, is 123. 
So corresponding to that, you need 123 times hallelujah in order to sweeten what is left over and has not been sweetened yet. Now the Talmud Yerushalmi says, hear this. What? In order for you to remember that there's 123 responses of hallelujah, the number 123, if you want to remember, because somebody special lived to 123. Who was that? Aaron HaKohen. Aaron the high priest, Moshe's brother, older brother Aaron. Aaron passed away the same year like Moshe. Moshe was 120 years old when he passed away. Aaron passed away just a few months earlier before him. And Aaron was 123 because he's three years older than Moshe when he passed away. So Aaron's years is how many times you say hallelujah. Okay, it's a nice reminder or a nice sign for people to remember. But what, obviously nothing is just random. What's the connection? You have to say that the energy of Aaron, the life of Aaron, the years of Aaron, we're not talking about Aaron himself, we're talking about his years, is the energy that sweetens judgments. Now what do we know about Aaron? He's the energy of kindness. He's a Kohen. He is a Kohen. It's the sweetness of the Kohen. Kohanim are all the energy of love and of kindness. We mentioned it last week in the class as well. Leviim and Gevura on the left side, Kohanim are on the right side. The Jewish people divided in three, Kohanim on the right, Leviim on the left, and Yisraelim in the center. The, the energy of Chesed is the Kohen. But, the, but Aaron is not just the Kohen, he's the Kohen Gadol. He's the high priest. So in, this, in, the, in the line of Chesed, he's not just Chesed, he is the, the chief of Chesed, which is Chachma. Chachma is the source of Chesed. Okay, so, and therefore, Aaron's life, which is the energy flow of chesed, is what sweetens the judgment. That's how many times you say hallelujah. Ka, hallelujah means to praise, yud, ke, to bring the yud out, which is chachma, and sweetens all the 123 times. Now, to make it even sure <laughs> that Aaron was the energy of chachma, let's do a little, I'm sorry, I'm going to erase this now, but you... Think, no, what we wrote already here. And we're going to add some really more cool, 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 super cool ideas. And I'm saying all of this also, not just to be cool, <laughs> but I'm also saying all of this because we need to sweeten all the judgments now. We can't leave anything unsweetened. So, take a look. Arrow. So this is one, this is five, and this is 250. So when we add it all together, 255, 256. Our own is 256. Okay. So what's so cool about that? So here it is. 
Aaron is more than just a person. He's a, he's a godly manifestation. He's, a, he's one of the biblical um, characters. And he's the high priest in the, in, the, in the Mishkan, in the first temple. He's going to be resurrected and officiate in the third temple as well. So you're talking about a super divine being. A human being, but facilitating godliness. So what's the etymology of his soul? Always look at the numbers. The numbers say it all. 256. What's significant about 256? 256 is the energy of Chachma. Why? Because the name of God associated with Chachma, we said before, is. One of the names of God associated with Chachma, we said before, is a Yikah, Yudke. Now another name of God associated with Chachma is Yudke Vavke, the full tetragrammaton. We know that the tetragrammaton has different fillings, different ways of the filling the inside letters. And when you fill them in different ways, they re it represents different sphero, different attributes. One of the ways you can fill the letters of Yud Vavke is with Yuds. When you fill the letters of Yud Vavke with Yuds, that's Chachma. Because Chachma, we said, is Yud. Chachma is a point. So the, in the Yud Vavke, the whole Yud Vavke could, could be related to Chachma when you fill it, the Yud Vavke with Yuds. What do you mean you fill it with Yuds? So the Yud is spelled Yud Vav Dalet. The He is spelled He Yud. The Vav is spelled Vav Yud Vav. And the He is He Yud. We'll move this to, a little bit to the side here. Now take a look. So this, this is called Miloy Hayudin. The, you, the hay gets a yud, the vav gets a yud, the hay gets a yud at the bottom. When you do this, you have yud is equals 20, hay equals 15, vav equals 22, and hay is 15. So let's add it together. Uh, 20 and 15 is 35, 35 plus 22 is 57. 57 plus 10, 67. 67 plus 5 is 72. This name of God is called the name of 72. Okay? Shame Ayan Bez. Okay? We heard about that. The name of 72. That's Yud Kevavke filled with Yuds. Chachma. Aaron is 256. What's the difference between 256 and 72? We'll see in a minute. Now, if, if, if 72 is the name of Chachma, Chachma has a front side and Chachma has a back side. The front side of Chachma is 72. Again, the number associated with the Pneumius, the inner part of Chachma, 72. The number associated with the back side of Chachma is, the gematria of it is done differently. Every time we want to know the backside of a sphera, the way we do the gematria is called a acharayim gematria, which means we spell it the same way, yud, k, vav, k, but when we add the numbers up, we do yud, I'm going to write it over here. You do a yud, and then you do a yud, I'm making a little dash, and a hey, then you do a yud, dash, now you don't need a dash because it's not going to be good. No, yeah, I'll make it Hey, and do a dash. Vav, then you do yud, hey, dash, vav, dash, 
So basically, this is the way you do an acharayim. You do yud, yud k, yud k vav, yud k vav k. It's interesting. The more letters you add, the more you're reducing the energy because the back is more reduced. So the more vessels, more, more, more words mean more vessels, the more the energy is diffused, the weaker it gets. That's the backside. So when you do this, but we're doing the yud, but not just the, the letter yud, the yud with the whole, with the whole miloi. Yud Vav Dal. I just didn't write it out because that would just be too many letters here to write. So the Yud is the full Yud. Yud, Yud Vav Dalit. The He is also Yud, the full Yud, and the He, the full He, so forth. Okay, so when you do that, let's see what we get. Yud is 20. So this equals 20. Yud K is 35 because it's 20 plus 15. 35. Yud Kevav is 35 plus 22. Which is, what did we say before? It's 57. And Yud Kevav is 72. The full, the full name. Now we add them up. Do, 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 do. 20 plus 35 is 57. 57 plus 57 is 114. 114 plus 72. I'm not good at math, but let's do this. 114 plus 2 is 116. What did I do? I messed something up here. Hold on. Let's do this. Take out my calculator. It'll be easier because my head is not working so late at night. And even when I'm not late at night, my head doesn't either work. Okay, here we go. Yeah, 20, yeah, I did it actually before the class. 20, my calculator is still open to that. 20 plus 35 plus 57 plus 72. The calculator says 184. So the, num the number of the backside of Chachma is 184. Called Pakoid or Kapeid, Kufpeid Dalit. 184 plus 72. You want to do the math? Let's do that math. Here we go. 184. We want to connect the front side of Chachma and the back side of Chachma. 184 plus 72 equals 256. Hey, what's Aaron's name? 256. You question still what's the energy of Aaron? Aaron's energy is Chachma. That's why he's the energy to sweeten all the judgments. Why do you think he was the one who fixed every fight? Whenever there was a fight, where does fight come from? People are judgmental on each other. They're not getting along with each other. Aaron, wherever he went, he made peace. Everybody got along with him. He was a man full of love. He fixed every judgment, every, every elokim, every constriction. And that's why he's the one who brings atonement. And that's why he's the one who brings forgiveness. And that's why he's the one who blesses the people. Aaron HaKoyen, champion of chesed. How long does he live? 123. His life. His life means his energy flow is chachma. How many times do we say hallelujah? 123. And why that number? Because you have to sweeten. Chesed has to sweeten three Elohims. What has not been sweetened earlier? The Aleph and the Mem. The 41 from the three Elohims that are not sweetened through tshuva. Pretty awesome. Now, watch this. 
Because you're wondering, why, why are we talking about this now? This is all about Rosh Hashanah. So first of all, we just went out of Mitzrayim. And Mitzrayim, I told you, is the whole situation with the neck. Also, the three Elohims. And for, in, in, in Pesach, we had first the love, the first night of Pesach. We had the Aaron energy. And that's when we said the whole Hallel, the whole Hallel. We started with the kindness. And after, remember I said it's the reverse order. We start first with the kindness. And then we go into the sweetening of the judgments through going back to the source, the 50-day exercise which highlights the 33 days, which is the main rectification of the inside letters. So now we also have these two dynamics. And that's why I feel today, today tomorrow is a very powerful day, Rosh Chodesh Iyar. Iyar is the, because, well, this is, I mean, it's not the only tomorrow. It was today, tomorrow, and also Rosh Chodesh Sivan. We're going to say Hallel. It's a unique opportunity that whatever is not being fully rectified through the 33 element in the halal that we say, even though we don't say the complete halal that we don't do, we only say a partial halal, but yet the fact that we're saying halal is powerful. In during Sphira Sa'omer to sweeten the judgments. All sweet. And that's actually one of the things we do in halal is one of the pesukim we say, Ha'hoifchi hatsur agamayim. The one who converted the rock to water. A rock represents, a rock also, tzor means gvura, strong. Tzor also is a rock that has fire inside of it. It's a flintstone. That means it's the, it's the root of gvura. Uh, and to convert that to a pool of water. It's to convert it all into kindness. We take any judgment and convert it. That's why it's so important to sing halal, to really get into it. Because you're sweetening all the judgments of the Jewish people. But here you see... What's the uh, what's the numbers of the what's the numbers of the judgments that are not fixed necessarily through tshuva? We said three times forty-one aleph mem from the word elokim, the aleph and the mem, the three times elokim that need to be fixed, and they're fixed by the hundred and twenty-three halalukas, which we say during halal, right? So what are we learning this week in the parsha? Aaron, the Kohen, has a job. What does he have to do? He has to go fix all the people that are suffering from tzaras. The people that have tzaras, the Pasuk says, this should be the rule of the Metzorah. He should come to the Kohen. The second parsha, Tazriya Metzorah. You bring him to the Kohen. Not that the Kohen should send him out of the camp. That's the first parsha, Tazriya. But that the Kohen should bring healing to him. And who's the Kohen? Aaron HaKohen is the main Kohen. He heals those that are inflicted with tzaras. Aaron HaKohen. What's the other name for tzaras other than tzaras? What's the other name for tzaras? The name for tzaras is Nega. Nega is the name of tzaras. Let's count this up. Nega Nun is 50. And I in a 70. 70 and 50, 120. Plus Gimel. Negah is 123. So is associated with the judgments that have not been fixed. From what? From the name of Elohim. 
The Aleph and the Mem of the name of Elohim. It's 41. How do you get 123? Because it's three times Elohim. How many types of Negas are there? Three types of Nega. The Torah says there is one Nega called Ace. The other Nega is called Sapachas. And another other Nega is called Beheres. There's three types of Negas the Torah talks about. So Ace, Sapachas, and Beheres. Torah refers to three types of, of negas. Sapachas and Beheres. Why three? Three times 41 equals 123. It's the Gevuras from the three, three names of Elohim. Now in Hasidus, in Kabbalah, we've learned this in all the, so many classes in the past years. We've learned the problem with a neg with a person who gets tsaras is that this person has disconnected himself from chachma. They're firmly rooted in bina, but they have disconnected from chachma. They're lacking the chachma. They have a strong left side. Their left side of their brain, their left side of their soul, is very intense, but they have neglected the bittel. That comes from Chachma. In Kabbalistic terminology is that the source of a nega is moichen de'ema. It's where there is only the moichen, it's only the influence, intellectual influence, the stimulative influence coming from mother, not from father. What were the two letters I told you from the name Elohim? that are not rectified, as we said before, through rolling the letters back. What are the two letters? Aleph and Mem, spelling aim. Aim is Bina. Three times aim. Three Negoim. They're all three related to Mochen de Eima. It's the Mochen of the mother without the Mochen of the father. So you got to bring in the father. You got to bring in the lights of Chachma. You got to bring... Okay, there's a lot of Hasidus to explain what that means. It's a person that's too involved in their understanding. There's a lack of humility and bittel in their religious experience. It's, more, it's, it's, a, very, it's a little bit of a selfish Judaism. It's a, their whole service of God is based on, on my, I understand and how I want and I'm excited. and I'm, it's, it's, it's very self-based. Chachma causes you to be nullified to what God wants. And that's why you've got to bring him to the Kohen because the Kohen is the energy of Chachma. And the Kohen will inject the Chachma into the person's soul, and that's how they have the healing. So that's why you have Aaron, who's 256. As we said before, who the name 256 is the energy of Chachma, the front of Chachma and the back of Chachma. 72 and 184 is 256. Purely the energy of Chachma. You bring him to the Kohen to infuse the Chachma, to balance out the Bina light. And how long does Aaron live? 123 years, because Aaron is the antithesis to the nega, that's also 123, coming from the three types of negas that there are, the 41, which is gematria aim, which is mother, which is the mother without father. So three times 41, Aaron is going to sweeten that and balance that out.
So it's awesome. But all of this is we're going through this rectification right now. So if there's any leftover af, anger, that's associated with the name of Elohim, it should be, especially it's Rosh Chodesh, they have Hallel, it's all good. That's one piece of Rabbi Levi Yitzchak, and I'm just going to add some more of, again, any, in the original piece that I'm, I'm skipping like tons, it's a very long writing. I just, he's actually speaking mostly about sukkahs, and, and he explains the esrog, the lulav, the sukkah, it's, it's huge. But this is just the element of tehillosai, which is the halal that sweetens by bringing in the kindness, fine. But in a complete different passage, he addresses, in a different writing of his, he addresses the nega being the lights of Bina without the illumination of Chachma. And he shares some phenomenal insight, which just short, not, not as complicated as what we just discussed, just a little point. The Mishnah says in Mesechtas Negoyim that the Mitzorah, when he was healed, I'm just going to get myself a little water because I'm getting dry. Give me a minute. Baruch the Mishnah says that the Mitzorah, when the Mitzorah was healed, they would go to the mikvah, and after they, after they went, yeah, he, they, oh, they had a special mikvah in a room in the court, in the outer courtyard in the Ezra's Nashim, there was a special room called Lishkas HaMitzorahim. The, the, it's called the women's courtyard, but it wasn't that the women were there. The women had a balcony upstairs, but there was, was a courtyard, and over there there were, and that courtyard is not considered part of the sanctuary. So someone who is still defiled with the impurity of Tsaras, after he's already deemed pure, but he's not allowed to go yet into the temple till he offers his sacrifices, would come to the temple and he would have a special mikvah for these people in a special room called Lishka Samitsuraim. After they finished going to their mikvah, they would come, Bava Ahmad, they would come in and they would stand, Bashar Niknar, they would stand by the Niknar doors. So, um, simply why? Because they couldn't go into the court. Now, the Niknar is the main entrance to the, to the Beis Amigdash. It's a big, huge entranceway. And it had these two huge, magnificent copper doors. It was donated by a man called Niknar. And the person would come and stand over there. The reason he would stand there is because he can't enter the temple yet, because until they do the sacrifice, but he must, the Kohen has to take some of the blood and whatever and put it on his ear. There's a whole process. And therefore, he has to be close by. So they bring him as close as he possibly can to the Sharha Niknor. But they're not inside, he's still outside. In and out, at the, like kind of at the threshold. That's where he's standing. So it seems like this is a complete tec technicality. Now, he has to stand over there, there's no deep significance of the person standing there. It's where else is he going to stand? to stand there. And the fact that these doors are called Niknar is no special significance in how this is related to the Mitzorah. It happens to be the guy who donated was, you know, 
uh, whatever, whatever, Jeff Weinstein donated the doors. So they made, they called it, they called the door by him because they put up a plaque over there. Fine. And we know that these are special doors. Miracles happened for this guy's door. It's a whole story. There was a storm in the sea. It's a story not for now, but there was very special doors. All the other doors were made out of gold. These doors were left copper, bronze, because they were so, because the miracles that happened, they were also so magnificent. And the Talmud says that it, even though it was bronze, they, they looked like gold. They, were, they, they had a shine like gold. But the fact that they, the guy was standing there, the Mitzvah, it seems to be just a technical thing. There's nothing that's just technical. Everything has infinite meaning. So watch what Rebbe Yitzchak says. Based on what we just said before, the Mitzvah is lacking the Chachma light. And that's when he comes, the Kohen is going to infuse in him Chachma and so on and so forth. And for that reason, he has to stand by the Nikner door, which is a tikkun for his tzaras, part of the process. Why? Because the gematria of the word mitzorah, erasing over here. Again, gematrias are not just something to have fun with. A gematria indicates, through the gematria, a gematria is a code, we get to know the essence of what things are. Because the gematria just gives us a little peek into the, into the energies, that, the chemistry of whatever it is that's, that is made out of. So let's write, spell the other. Earlier we said the word is nega, right? Now we're spelling the word mitzorah. That's the name of the person that has the nega. He's called mitzorah. So mem is, mem is 40. Sadik is 90, so it's 130. Plus Avav is 136. Plus Reish. No, I made a mistake. Oh, is it that? Hold on, give me a second. Oh, I made a mistake, that's why. I did something, something was wrong here. I spelled Mitzorah wrong, see? <laughs> You want to do gematrias, you can't spell wrong. You gotta spell them right. Okay, here we go. Something was off. Mem is 40, Sadik is 90. 90 plus 40 is 130. Plus 6, 136. Plus Reish, Reish is 200. 200 plus 136 is 336. 336 plus 70 equals 406. Mitzorah is 406. Why is Mitzorah's energy a 406? So Rabbi Levi Yitzchak says like this. What did we say earlier? What is he lacking? He's deficient in Chachma, in his nullification to God. The power of Bittl is some kind of a blockage in his faith, in his transcendental energy. He has, he has a healthy, developed side, but he doesn't have a connection to the transcendence, to the beyond intellect, to the faith, to the purity and to the surrender. And that's where he needs a tikkun. So we said before, the, the lights of Chachma is yud ke vav ke filled with yuds. Remember we said that's the name 72. yud ke vav ke filled with yuds. How many yuds are there in the yud ke vav ke filled with yuds? How many yuds are there? Well, the letter yud of the yud is a yud. You got a yud... I'll put it over here again. You got a yud, and then you have, you know, yud is spelled vav dalid, 
Then you have a hey. Okay, why here? Yud and a hey is hey yud. And then you have, sorry, you don't need this line. Oops. And then you have a vav. And then you have a hey. Okay. So let's count how many how many yuds do we have? Yud is chachma. So in the yud kevavke, where's the energy of chachma flowing in the yuds? Because the yud itself is chachma. So you have one, two, three, four yuds. In yud kevavke, which fills with yud, you have four yuds. Four yud, yud is ten. Four times yud is forty. But since chachma includes in it all the ten sefirot, so you do. In the Yud, you don't just do 10. Chachma is a Yud. But it has all the other... So you make 10 times 10. So each Yud is really 100. So it's four Yuds, it's 400. So the four Yuds are 400. Now, minus the Yuds, the other letters, not counting the Yuds. Okay, so we're subtracting the Yuds, four Yuds. Let's count what's left, over, what's left over and not circled. One, two, three, four, five, six letters. So you make plus six. You're not doing the gematria, you're just counting the leftover letters. 406. Mitzorah is gematria 406 because he is deficient. The reason he's Mitzorah is because he's deficient. Actually, the, 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 the Targum says on the word Mitzorah Sigarusa. He's locked, he's blocked. What's being blocked? Blocked is the yuds are not flowing in him. The chachma is not flowing in him. And that's why he's 406. The name Mitzorah means blocked, but what's being blocked? The 406, which is the energy of chachma, is not flowing in his soul. And Reb Levi Yitzhak says another phenomenal thing. What's chachma? Chachma is Torah. Because Torah comes from Chachma. Torah is the wisdom of God. The, the, the Sefer Yetzirah says, is Chachma Torah. The dropping of the supernal Chachma, the, what falls, the leaves that fall off the tree, is Torah. It's, it's coming down from Chachma Shalomayla, from Chachma, from the wisdom above. That's why, in order to fix the Mitzorah, the Mitzorah has to study Torah. That's why the sages say, it says, Zois Toras HaMitzorah. Why does it say Zois Toras Zois Chukei HaMitzorah. These are the statutes of the Mitzorah. Why is Zois Toras? This is, the, this is the Torah of the Mitzorah. So it says, if you have Tzoras, very helpful in your healing is to study Torah. Why? Because what is he lacking? He's lacking Bittl. He's lacking chachma. So learn Torah. It's like if, you, if, you, if you're vitamin D deficient, you take supplements. You take vitamin D. Every neshama has chachma. But if you're lacking it, you need to get the chachma from somewhere else. So you channel chachma into your soul. It will help, it will help replenish the, 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 the missing chachma. We know a person who learns Torah and knows Torah is called a Talmud Chacham. Sadly, a person who is lacking Torah and Torah knowledge in Hebrew is called an Am Haaretz. An Am Haaretz means an ignoramus, 
Someone who doesn't know Torah. When you take the word Am Ha'aretz You do the gematria of Am Ha'aretz Let's see Ayin and Mem Ayin is 70, Mem is 40 70 and 40 is 110 110 115 116 plus Reish 316 plus 90 406 Amaretz is also 406 because an Amaretz has the same problem like the Mitzorah He's lacking a flow of Chachma. 406. So we bring him to Aaron, the Kohen, who the Kohen is the energy of Chachma, like we spoke before. And he's going to also infuse in him that Chachma energy. And meanwhile, where do we take the Mitzorah? We put him at the, what did we say earlier? I'm going to erase this just for now. We put him at the Niknor Gates. Let's do a little count of here. This is an easy one. Nun is 50. Nun and Nun is 50. 50 is 100. Kuf is 100. It's 200. Resh is another 200. It's 400. Vav is 6. Niknor is 406. So while he's waiting... <laughs> While he's waiting to get his carbon fixed, he's standing right at the entranceway of Niknar doors. And Niknar is 406. And while he's marinating under these doors, he's filling himself with this, replenishing his soul with the lights of Chachma, and that's giving him his healing. Now we're not done yet. The Niknar gate is also called in Hebrew, and the way the Torah, Shar HaMizrach, the Eastern Gate, because it was the entrance to the base, it was the main entrance, because people would come in from the East, and you would, and the Holy of Holies was in the Western side, the Shekhinah's in the West. So you come in from the East. We, 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 we come to the Holy, today's days, we go from the, the Western Wall, because we're, we're facing the back of the Temple. The front of the Temple was from the Eastern side. So simply, that's why it was the front, but it's called Shar HaMizrach. Now, the directions that there are east is called Kedem because east is Chachma. How do we know that? And especially the eastern gate. Because we say in Davening, we say, With wisdom, he opens the gates. Sun rises in the east. Like, first of all, sun rises like Chachma. It's the first flash. First illumination. Chachma is the first illumination. With wisdom, he opens gates. The gates of the eastern gate of the temple. God, who opens up every day, Dalsais the doors, Sharei Mizrach, of the gates of Mizrach. And how does he open it up? With Chachma he opens up the gate. So what's the best place for this guy to stand to get a massive Wi-Fi of Chachma delivered into his soul or a powerful radiation of Chachma delivered into his Neshama? Stand at the Shar HaNikner, at the eastern gate. 
Now, the eastern gate, we said, was made out of what? Copper, nechoshes. All the other gates were made out of gold, but this one was made out of copper. Why? Nechoshes is the acronym for, it means that the letters spell, first letter, Noivlois, Chachma, Nun Ches Shin, Tough. Noivlois, the droppings, Chachma, of wisdom, Shalomayla from above, Tough, Torah. What did we say earlier? How do we, what's the connection of Torah to Chachma? Because the Sefer Yetzirah says that, the, first of all, it's understood, Torah is Chachma, it's wisdom. But that particularly that's coming from Chachma is because in Sefer Yetzirah it says these four words, which the first letter spelled the word Nechoshes. So the Niknar doors are Nechoshes. Now we get a better understanding why they didn't change it. They didn't change it just because they didn't change it. And why is it called Niknar? And why they, it all makes sense. Pretty neat. Baruch Hashem. So what do we get from all of this? First of all, we realize that things have so much meaning. Things are so deep. There's so much mystery. There's so much secret. There's so much. And all these floodgates of wisdom and secrets are going to flood up. And now we just talk about these things as if we know what we're talking about. We don't know what we're talking about. We just have a little vague idea when Mashiach will come very, very soon. And the secrets of the Torah will flow. We'll stand with our mouths open. Every, every sentence, everything we read will be like, oh my goodness. There's so much secret. There's so much depth. And even what we're learning now is nothing complete to the mystery and the secret and the boundless knowledge that's here. So let's merit to see it all. It's, it's such a special time now. We read Parshas Metzairah, Tazriyah, it's the healing. The healing from the on the left side, the healing on the right side. Shchodesh, Halel, Agbomer, everything coming together. 33, the year 3333. May we already see all the, all the rectification and all the fixing and only happiness and only good. Thank you so much.